This is unbelievable. I am now convinced that the Democrats must have a whole theory about victim mentality because Hunter Biden is somehow going on offense with the IRS claiming that he's the victim. Yeah, he's suing the IRS because how dare that bad old IRS share the fact that he didn't pay some two plus million dollars in taxes. And how dare they, how dare they share the information of how he spent his money, his millions, which, uh, wow, I mean, like, it's not even, it's not even for polite conversation, but somehow CBS News ran it on morning TV. So we're going to run it here. We're going to talk about it. Yes, we're exposing. I guess he could sue me too, right? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program. I am Trish Regan. Always good to have you here. Of course, we are sponsored in part by LegacyPMInvestments.com. 1-866-589-0560. LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's where you go if you're worried about inflation, which you know I am. <laughs> How could you not be, right, right now? Anyway, let's get to this indictment here. Let's get to the fact that this impeachment trial is going to be quite something. It's just an inquiry right now, but we need more information. Well, the White House's approach to this has been very interesting, very peculiar, although perhaps just sort of status quo for the Democrats. I mean, don't forget They sat there with a straight face and they told us that Hunter Biden's laptop was just nothing but a bunch of misinformation, courtesy of the Russians and brought to us by Rudy Giuliani. Turned out none of that was true, of course. They just wanted you to think that. So I guess they were actually the real source of the misinformation, if you would. In this particular case now, though, Hunter Biden is upset because he feels like he's been violated. His rights have been violated because we now know how much money he was making and how much he didn't pay in taxes. And we also know just exactly what he was doing with that money, right? The $11 million that he apparently got, courtesy of Ukraine, the NBC News has reported. And of course, he actually specifically in his lawsuit here against the IRS mentions this little thing uh, by the whistleblower, specifically Gary Shapley. He doesn't like Joe Ziegler much either, and Joe's been saying some other stuff. But it's this interview in particular that seems to perturb him, as it should. I'm glad the guy has some shame. Maybe. Maybe not. Here we go. Gary Shapley was a lead IRS supervisory agent in Operation Sportsman, the investigation into Hunter Biden. Shapley said he uncovered conduct that warranted more serious charges. There were personal expenses that were taken as business expenses. Prostitutes, sex club memberships, hotel rooms for purported drug dealers. How much did Hunter Biden owe in taxes? So from 2014 to 2019, it was $2.2 million. Wow. Okay, so that's apparently the part that he says is infringing on his rights. We're not supposed to know that he owed the IRS $2.2 million. We're also not supposed to know what he was doing with his money. That's a violation of his privacy somehow. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Again, very interesting how this whole thing has evolved and how the White House has, at every opportunity, the Biden Democrats are taking every chance they can to just kill the truth, right? Like it's not allowed. It's not allowed to be talked about. And they're going to come at it from every angle, whether it means actually sending letters to network heads at CNN, at Fox, at Newsmax, everywhere to say, hey, this is this is not factually based. This impeachment inquiry is a fake impeachment inquiry because there's no proof that Joe Biden himself actually got money. I mean, other than the fact that there's a lot of, well, shall we call it circumstantial evidence? You know, if it walks like a duck, 
Quacks like a duck. Maybe it is a duck. I mean, we're talking about all that money that was going from Rosemont to Rosemont Seneca, from Burisma, that energy company, that natural gas, that fossil fuel, bad energy company over there in Ukraine. By the way, this was a bad one in more ways than one because it was also extraordinarily corrupt. So he's getting all this money from Burisma. Papley was a lead IRS. Dad didn't even know a darn thing about it, apparently. Right, except there is that FD-1023. That little piece of paper that was an interview with a highly trusted, highly confidential human source that worked under the Obama administration and had actually spoken to everybody at Burisma. And the word on the street was, hey, they, they were all involved. They all knew about it. This was, quote unquote, protection money. And according to this FD 1023, Joe Biden knew all about it. In fact, there are some 17 tapes of Joe Biden talking about all this. So while this source said none of the money, according to the CEO and the CFO of Burisma, went directly to Joe Biden. Why would it, by the way? Like, I mean, you'd have to really be dumb. I mean, I know he's dumb and everything. I know his son is dumb, but you'd have to be really dumb to have that money go directly to your account. They said, yeah, he was indeed involved. And this echoes some of the things that we have heard from Devin Archer, for example, who said that they were selling the Biden name. They were selling Biden access. In other words, they were foreign agents. They were lobbying on behalf of all these different countries, which, by the way, wasn't even allowed at the time, right? Because Obama was like, okay, no more. We can't have all this lobbying from family members. So he put in rules to protect his administration. And Hunter Biden should have abided by those rules. But Hunter Biden doesn't abide by rules. No, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, just on the day that he struck that so-called sweetheart plea deal that went up in flames, where was he? Oh, he was out hanging out with his dad at India's state dinner. Hunter Biden mingling with the crowd as a guest of his father. And Jill Biden, the first lady as well there, he's greeting NASA administrator. You can hear the announcer like Bill sort Nelson of pausing. And others like, this there. is a little bit weird. And this is the first on-camera public appearance we have seen of him since he was charged. And he got a deal. Just agreed to, ag- agreed to rather <laughs> the, the plea deal in those charges on Tuesday. Spit it out, so, spit it out, right? So he goes straight video. from getting that little plea deal, which now is uh, up in smoke to hanging out at the state dinner. Well, he's going to do more business? Is that the whole idea? You're going to make more money, Hunter? I mean, come on. Somebody's got to, like, you know, level with the kid and tell him what's what. And Joe Biden clearly did not. And then you think about those different text messages. Like, for example, when Hunter Biden said to his daughter, hey, you know, good news, at least I won't take 50% like Pops did. And then he also, you know, while sitting at his dad's house next to his dad wants to know he and the big guy, right? Want to know why the money's not here. He's talking to his acquaintances over in China. I mean, this is, this is wild. I mean, he's actually sitting there saying, I am the victim here. I'm the victim of the IRS. Oh, well, you know, your dad's the one that did hire those 80,000 agents, right? And put all that money into the IRS. So, uh, Maybe you're not so happy about that right now, Hunter. But this was a five-year investigation. It took him a long time. And according to various different sources, including Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler, they didn't quite have the authority to move forward the way they would have wanted to. Anyway, I want to share some sound with you from one of those whistleblowers because this whistleblower is like, what? I mean, now I'm getting in trouble. I'm sued. The IRS is being sued Because all we did was dare to come forward, right? That's the whole meaning of whistleblower and tell the truth. 
this is getting a little weird. Here he is on Fox. Watch him. The Biden family attorneys have given up on arguing the facts anymore um, and now have decided their best defense is to muzzle us and intimidate us. And it's not going to work. We're 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 not we won't be muzzled um, and, and we're not going to distract from the, the mountains of evidence that are coming forward to the House Ways and Means Committee that they're uncovering daily. Uh, they're trying to distract from recent testimony by IRS employees that established two things, two things most recently, that, that being that the D.C., the District of D.C., the President Biden, U.S. attorney, declined to, to partner with bringing charges in that district, and that the President Biden appointed U.S. attorney in the Central District of California also said no to bringing charges in that district. All of this information is available on the House Ways and Means website and is available, like, you, you can go onto the, their website and view our testimony. So it's publicly available. All right. Well, you're a brave yeah. man. Keep up the good work. <laughs> and we'll be following up. You know what? It is. It's all publicly available. In fact, I've shown you some of the testimony. I mean, here is Representative James Comer, who's been leading this investigation. My hat, you know, off to him because he has found some just really tremendous stuff. And you got to go digging, right? Treasury Department doesn't want to turn over the 170 SARS, suspicious activity reports that were issued from six U.S. banks, including the likes of J.P. Morgan and Bank of America, to Hunter Biden and his various LLCs. They don't want to give you that. You actually have to really play tug of war here. I mean, we're still waiting on some 5,000 emails on all these various aliases that Joe Biden went by in which he would use to communicate with people, including his son. So that'll be very interesting to see. But anyway, James Comer here speaking back in July there with these whistleblowers, including Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler. Listen. 23, but I provided a supplement after I saw open source information from the former Attorney General Bill Barr that said that he saw this, this document and they sent it to Delaware for further investigation. And uh, the, 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 the team, as, as far to the best of my knowledge, never saw that document. So the team that was in charge of investigating the Biden family for tax crimes never received the FBI document that alleged Joe Biden was involved in a bribery scheme. This is the FBI. Yeah. For the IRS 10, investigators on the case, the answer is no. Is that, a, is that odd? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, everybody knew you were investigating the Bidens for at least tax evasion. We, Generally speaking, if there's any types of money coming in and there's an, a criminal tax investigation ongoing, I don't see how that inf information could be withheld from the investigators. And I, and I can tell you, and I can pr provide this in my testimony, but, like, there is things that are contained on that document that could further corroborate other information that we might be having an issue corroborating because it could be regarding a foreign official. So if we have information regarding that in a document or a witness we can further corroborate later evidence. And like I said, if that's something that we have, we can turn that over to the House Ways and Means Committee. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I should point out that both these guys, it's not like they're card-carrying Republicans. They're actually, uh, I think one of them's an independent, the other one's a Democrat. They don't want to be in this position, right? But they said they had to be under the circumstances. Now, the White House, as I said, is fighting back aggressively. And so, they have now released various transcripts from these closed-door meetings 
with all of the people that would have been involved as agents in the case that were in a particular meeting that happened back in October of 2022, in which Mr. Ziegler alleges that he was told David Weiss had his hands tied effectively. David Weiss, that would be the U.S. prosecutor. He's now special counsel, but he was the Delaware attorney, and he was actually trying to get more information and go after Hunter Biden, but he couldn't. So there was this meeting in October 2022, and prosecutors and these case agents got together, and it's there to actually, forgive me, it's not Ziegler, it's actually Gary Shapley. Shapley is alleging that David Weiss, again, the U.S. attorney at the time who's going after Hunter there in Delaware, was telling people that he was not, quote, the deciding person on whether Hunter Biden would be charged. And that's been, you know, interpreted to effectively mean he didn't have the power to go after him because this was sort of out of his hands. I mean, this is the president's son we're talking about. And so Gary Shapley, he goes back, he writes everything down. He took all these notes during the meeting and he went back and looked at the notes and then emailed them out to everybody just so everybody had a readout on the meeting. And one of the things that came up was that, quote, David Weiss did not have the proper power, right? He wasn't going to be the, quote, deciding person on the Hunter Biden case. And so people thought that was just a little bit strange. But now the White House is releasing some transcripts that interview the other people in the room, none of whom took any notes, by the way. This is all much, much later, right? I mean, this is like, you know, now you're into June and July of 2023, and they're going back and saying, do you remember this conversation? And they're like, oh, I don't really remember that. I don't remember that quite that way. And so they're saying, hey, it's like not true because these other people don't remember him saying that. Basically, I don't even care. I mean, that is a big deal because if they tried in any way to cover this up, then Biden absolutely should I mean, the guy should, I, I don't even want to say where he should be going, but it has something to do with H-E-double-L, right? Straight to hell if that's what he did. That said, I think there's enough there there that even before you get to that, that's sort of the second layer. I think the starting place is what exactly was he up to? Allowing his son to sell his access and his office. I mean, what was that all about? I think we need some real answers to all of that because, you know, I, I, I don't need to play it for you guys. Again, the audio is not so great, but you remember the soundbite of him at the CFR event, Council on Foreign Relations, speaking with Richard Haas, telling everybody the whole big story about he fired, how he fired Viktor Shokin, the Ukrainian prosecutor that was looking into Burisma. This was the protection money you see. This, was the, this is what Hunter was being paid for, right? So, you know, you could protect the company from the likes of Victor Shokin, who's trying to get rid of the corruption. I mean, this is, this is kind of sketchy, sketchy stuff. And the other like, thing I, I'm sort of troubled by is, how is it that Hunter Biden was always working for big energy companies? I mean, doesn't his dad tell us every day of the week how bad climate change is and, and, and big oil and big energy and natural gas companies, they're all to blame? So if you're so angry with all those big energy companies, why is your son out there working for all of them. I mean, in Romania, in China, in Ukraine. I mean, they were all energy companies, for goodness sakes. Energy companies, traditional energy companies, all while you people are trying to get rid of energy companies as we know them, right? This has been going on for a while. Who can forget this? Might have cost you the example, election. I'm the only candidate which has a policy about how to bring economic opportunity using clean, renewable energy as the key into coal country. Because we're going to put a lot of coal miners and coal companies out of business, right? Woo. 
right? Yeah. And she goes, Tim. all right, Tim. And we're- <laughs> she's, she's all excited. She's going to put them all out of business. That's what their goal is. All while Hunter Biden is trying to help them be in business. I mean, Hillary Clinton is sort of the original poster child, right? Because she had the whole CGI thing going on that her husband was doing while, while she was Secretary of State. You see, Barack didn't really love that, I guess. That might have had something to do with why he said his employees in his administration could not actually have family members that were out there lobbying. Like they didn't want Bill Clinton to be a lobbyist. But Bill Clinton found a workaround courtesy of the Clinton Global Initiative, which is a, quote, charity, a charity that you live really well off if, if you run the charity. Like, you know, I've seen charities and I've seen charities. There's a lot of spending that goes on within this charity. So this came up, of course, during the election because it kind of felt like people were buying access. And by the way, even Hillary Clinton sort of admitted it. You have to listen through the lines and you got to get through Rachel Maddow here. So just to bear with me, but let's listen to the question and let's listen to the answer. This is from 2016, ladies and gentlemen, where this came up. It was her very last question in a long interview with her favorite person in the world, Hillary Clinton. But Rachel finally got to it and we sort of got an answer out of Hillary. I just want to point out how like shameful this all is. Last question, which I'm asking in part because we're here in New York, which is uh, the headquarters of the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton Global Initiative. Um, Is there a case to be made, an ethical case to be made, that the Clinton Foundation and the Global Initiative should essentially be wound down as a family foundation while you run for president? I ask that because I think about the the good works, the good charitable works Mm -hmm. that the Clinton Foundation Mm -hmm. has done. But the way that some of that work gets done is by soliciting donations from people in this country, from people around the world, from organizations around the world. I think it is not unreasonable to suspect that people may give donations to the Clinton Foundation, hoping that they will favorably influence your opinion toward them as a presidential candidate or eventually as president if you're elected. Is there an ethical concern there that there should be essentially a a split between you and your family and and this foundation that has done good work, but now you're in a different position uh, with regard to potential donors? Well, look, I I think that uh, the work that it's done has been extraordinary, and I give the credit to my husband and my daughter because I haven't been involved uh, for that long. And, you know, when I look at what they've accomplished and what they've been able to amplify in terms of saving lives uh, by getting the price of drugs for HIV-AIDS down in sub-Saharan Africa, it's quite astonishing. Mm. And I would hate to lose that creativity, that imagination, that uh, extraordinary flexibility. So I think the answer is transparency. And there is no doubt that there will be uh, complete transparency about uh, donations. But when you have hundreds of thousands of people who are donating, uh, as they do, um, I think that uh, the best uh, answer for that is what we have been doing for the last several years, and that is uh, to be transparent about it and let, you know, let voters and others make their judgment. Madam Secretary, it's really nice of you to give us this time. Oh, wow. All right. So she said you got to have some transparency. By the way, Hunter didn't have any transparency. And now when the transparency comes forward, he sues the IRS and says, how dare you? How dare you be transparent? Nobody was supposed to know that I didn't pay $2.2 million worth of taxes and I had to hit up some friend out there in California who happens to be a Hollywood agent and represents a lot of actors. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Right? How, like, they're all sort of connected. Anyway, he got the back taxes paid. He admitted he hadn't paid his taxes. He is now 
in trouble over this gun charge because he bought a gun when he was addicted to drugs and didn't allow that to come out. I'm really, I'm just perplexed by this. Why is he suddenly the victim? He's the poor kid that the IRS is going after. I don't think that's going to like play in Peoria. By the way, while dad is out there, Pops, the big guy, wants to hire 80,000 more IRS agents and make the IRS even stronger because they want to go after those millionaires that are getting away with not paying their taxes. That would be you, Hunter. Oh, gosh darn it, wouldn't it? You know, all those millions you collected from China, Ukraine, Romania, wherever else. Gosh, that would be you because you didn't pay some $2.2 million worth of taxes despite raking in the big bucks. And you're just angry because now everybody knows what you were spending your money on, which was really creepy, like really creepy. And you can't actually sue whistleblowers like this. Gary Shapley was totally within his rights to tell the CBS Morning News reporter this. Let's play it again, Sam, shall we? Gary Shapley was a lead IRS supervisory agent in Operation Sportsman, the investigation into Hunter Biden. Shapley said he uncovered conduct that warranted more serious charges. There were personal expenses that were taken as business expenses. Prostitutes sex club memberships, hotel rooms for purported drug dealers. How much did Hunter Biden owe in taxes? So from 2014 to 2019, it was $2.2 million. Ooh, okay. So that is, that's what he's suing over. He's not suing CBS, he's suing the IRS. Gosh almighty. Okay, now I've heard it all. Like, I've heard it all. Ultimate victim, Hunter Biden, ladies and gentlemen, just one poor kid, happens to be 53 years old, Drug, former drug addicts, current drug addicts, I don't know. I mean, I, there was cocaine found at the White House at the time that Hunter and his family were staying there. I'm just saying, no, not, I'm not even inferring, right? Because I don't want to get in too much trouble here. Like I said, he'll come sue me next. Anyway, the American public, they kind of Talking are reacting about to this. Here, the you time know, this he was vice president, right? Whether Joe Biden was involved in Hunter Biden's business dealings at the time he served as vice president. Overall, if you look here, 61% of Americans think Joe Biden was involved. You can see partisanship drives this, right? Obviously, nearly all Republicans, 90%, believe that. This has been a major storyline and talking point on Fox News and elsewhere. 64% of independents believe that Biden was involved in Hunter's business dealings. 28% of Democrats. And I want to show you, of that 61% overall there that believe uh, he had dealings, 42%, Dana, think that Joe Biden acted illegally okay, when he so was vice president. This is freaking out the White House. So much so that within hours of that report coming out and the same week, the New York Times having quite a spread on how chummy Joe and Hunter really are. And Joe talking about how he's like the only guy that can really get through to dad. So talking about the closeness of the relationship within hours of all of these reports, you had the White House issuing a letter to all the news organizations saying there's no evidence. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. For goodness sakes, there's no evidence on that dirty dossier either, right? But everybody ran with it. I'm not saying that that's right. Two rights don't make a wrong here, but I would say that there's a fair amount of evidence. I've seen the bank records myself, including the suspicious activity reports, that should at least cause us to be asking the question. So within hours of that particular report, AP goes out because it just got the letter, right, from the White House, and it comes out with a new study saying, oh, Americans aren't actually overwhelmingly convinced of this, like the CNN guy said, right, 61%. They said, no, no, they're sharply divided over whether or not Biden was actually involved in his son's business wrongly. Again, 
it's fascinating to see that despite all their concerns about the energy sector, what are they doing? They are lobbying here. Hunter Biden is lobbying, he and his friends, on behalf of energy companies, traditional energy companies everywhere else in the world. So, no, we can't drill here in the USA, but Hunter's going to make sure that everything's just fine over in China and there for Burisma Energy. I'll tell you, it's unbelievable. And we, we, we just haven't even talked about um, some of the other things that I think will come up, including a violation of the Mann Act. James Comer now asking for the names of the women that were involved somehow with Hunter Biden because they may be victims. They may need protection. This would put him in violation of a certain law that would have prohibited. Again, I'm going to go back to Gary Shapley's things, the, you know, the, the, the selling of sexual activity across these state lines. Right. That's what that's what actually put the the woman who is the madam for. Jeffrey Epstein in jail for 20 years. So this is getting this is getting serious, but they're going to do everything they can to not have this be real. And I would just say, you know, think about what's really, really, really going on here. Again, they don't want big energy. In fact, they don't want big energy so much. They want to blame big energy for everything, including these very, very high gas prices that we're all looking at right now, the inflation that we're looking at right now, that Jerome Powell is going to try and get under control as he meets with the Federal Reserve. Wait till you see what California is doing. I'm going to play you some sound. It's going to just blow you away. But before we get to that, I just mentioned inflation. I mentioned Jerome Powell. The Fed is meeting this week. The expectation is they're not going to budge on interest rates. I'm going to tell you, it's just going to lead to more inflation. We're just going to keep having higher gas prices. We're going to keep having higher prices for everything. That is the reality of the world in which we now live. So if you're worried about inflation, you might want to diversify your portfolio. Many, many different ways to do that. One of which for some people is investing in precious metals, gold specifically. So go give my friends, I'll put their name and their number at the bottom of the show notes so that you can see it. But LegacyPMInvestments.com. Charles Thorngren's the guy who runs it over there. He actually joined us in the chat just the other day, I think on Sunday, uh, which caught me by surprise when I saw his name. And Tony, I'm reading this stuff, guys, and we'll talk to some of you as we get further on in the program. But one eight six Six five eight nine zero five six zero. That's their number. LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right. So yes, we've got a lot of inflation. Biden's there at the UN today, saying, "Go Ukraine, go Ukraine." And energy, big energy, is all bad. Right? We need to transition to green. We heard it over and over and over and over again. And it's like they're trying to point the finger. I think a little bit. Right? They want to say that big oil is the reason for your problems. Big oil is the enemy. Here is the California Attorney General speaking on CNN today because, you see, California has decided it's just going to sue big oil. It thinks that this can be like, you know, big tobacco. They're just going to blame big oil for everything, for beach erosion, for forest fires, for any problem you have in your life. Guess what? It's big oil's fault. Watch. Um, they need to be responsible for their actions. So we're suing them in state court for decades of damage, destruction, and deception. And we have the most broad-sweeping causes of action of any case brought so far. So, Mr. Attorney General, help us understand your most powerful piece of evidence that you believe shows will show in court that company executives specifically knew that they were doing things that would cause this damage and that they suppressed it. 50, 60, 70 years ago, we have internal memos, internal speeches, industry-commissioned studies, uh, notes on uh, memos, their words, not mine, take their own words for it, where other. they say, 
Yeah, they're talking internally, privately. They're acknowledging climate change. They're acknowledging the damage to the environment. They're acknowledging the extreme weather that will come. They predicted with terrifying certainty yeah. exactly where we are today, and they hit it, and they lied to the people. The people shouldn't be lied to. Reading through the complaint, I want to pull up um, a graphic that you have in your complaint and hope you can explain it to people, what this is showing us. I believe this is from 1979. What are you alleging here? Can you see that? No. Okay. Well, it's how to predict the company, how predicted companies compare. You can take a look at it here on the piece of paper. But this is a... What you're trying to show. Yeah, here. I mean, the prediction of global mm -hmm. warming. It, it shows that it, early on, based on their own studies, they knew that we would have climate change, we would have global warming, and the impacts, they called it devastating on, on the environment. And they also knew that there were alternative pathways for clean energy. They knew that about carbon sequestration and capture, and they suppressed those pathways to pursue a uh, profit-creating pathway of fossil fuels that is destroying the planet and leading people like my daughter. Okay, so all your problems in the world, just blame big oil. I'm not saying big oil is perfect, but I do think it's kind of interesting that on the one hand, they want to just get rid of all big bad energy, right? Go completely green. They have no plan to do so. None. I mean, let's be realistic, right? Jennifer Granholm, our energy secretary, actually literally started laughing when she was asked on Bloomberg what the Granholm plan for energy was. And she just laughed like a hyena. She's got no plan. Nobody's got any plan. They have no, no idea how they're going to get people to buy all these EVs, especially when you don't even have enough charging stations. I know they're working on that. But like until it happens, guys, you're going to have some issues. So they want to put big oil out of business. They want to do what they did with the tobacco companies, like some kind of huge lawsuit against big oil. Big oil, by the way, is like, uh-uh. You know, this, this, the whole thing makes no sense. It's very political. Let's be very clear. And yet, uh, simultaneously, Hunter's doing the bidding of all these energy companies, these really sketchy energy companies all around the world. I'd just like to know what that's about, really. You know what else I'd like to better understand is all this money that's going to Ukraine right now, $135 billion and counting for this year alone. Now, you know what's interesting is that this is so much money that if you compare and contrast it with what we spent in Afghanistan, it's like it's somewhere around double. Now, where it gets a little confusing is that we might have spent nearly a trillion dollars over 20 years, all in. In Afghanistan, the number was 800 and something billion. And thus far, we've spent 135 billion this year, right? That's the expected number for the entire year this year, which tells you that that's like running at twice the rate of what we spent in Afghanistan. So that's a lot of money. And they're not done because Biden wants $24 billion more. Billion dollars more. And then he wants money for the World Bank. Here we go. Under the new president of the World Bank, change is already taking root. Last month, I asked the United States Congress for additional funds to expand World Bank financing by $25 billion. And the G20, we rallied the major economies of the world to mobilize even more funding. Collectively, we can deliver a transformational boost to World Bank lending. At your expense, right, American taxpayer? I mean, I understand and get the point of the World Bank, but it, let's be honest with ourselves. It's really about America having hegemonic power. 
And if we're going to say we want to continue that hegemonic power, okay, then so be it. We're going to have to fund that some way. But you have to say to yourself in this new environment, right, as the world changes, are we really spending in the best places? Would we be better off rethinking some of our spending in order to preserve that hegemony? If we want to continue being the world's superpower, I mean, for goodness sakes, we can't even keep track of our, our planes. I'm going to get to that. But here you have the hostages being released. We had some Americans that were being held hostage in Iran. We got them out. This is wonderful news, of course. I mean, except for the fact that it cost us $6 billion to do it, and we don't normally pay for hostages being released. You're looking at video of this having just come in. So, of course, they're uh, in the middle of the night. They're actually safely back on U.S. soil right now. Five U.S. hostages being held in Iran. We exchanged the hostages that we had from Iran for these people, and then we gave the $6 billion. Now, they would say, oh, well, it was really our money to begin with, except that we had put in place all these sanctions, and because of those sanctions, we had the $6 billion. We gave them the $6 billion back, and it leads everybody to say, what is really going on with our foreign policy? I mean, really and truly, when you guys... When you guys can't even keep track of the planes in the sky, you saw this, right? The good news is they found the plane, but now they got to figure out how it is that the U.S. military lost a plane, a $100 million vehicle. And apparently this is the third time in recent months that something like this, quote unquote, class A mishap has actually happened. This is the third time, the third event documented as a class A mishap just over the past six weeks, according to a Marine Corps announcement. And these are damages of more than two and a half million dollars. That's what's considered a class A mishap. This is a really big class A mishap because it was a hundred million dollars. I mean, really wild. They um they have located that plane about two hours northeast of Joint Base Charleston. They did so just on Monday, uh, so that's good news. Residents were told to avoid the area. Rescue teams there are beginning the recovery process. The pilot, who has not yet been identified, had been ejected from the plane before it went off radar. But what's going on? Like, how, how does this really happen? And maybe, again, as we think about the world in which we now live, are we really focused on the right things? I would argue no. I would argue that, you know, you've got to think about the future of this country in terms of its militaristic ability and just, you know, the easy stuff like not losing planes and being able to shoot spy balloons down out of the sky. Like, is that asking for too much, guys? Really? (laughs) I don't know. All right. One other thing I wanted to get to, because we've been talking about Disney a lot as of late, and Disney is having its big investor shareholder day today. They're going to talk about all their grand plans. I can tell you, so far, the market doesn't like it, doesn't really like it. Uh, Bob Iger, he's been replaced, or he replaced, I should say, the other Bob, Bob Chapek. And um, what we have seen is that the, uh, the, the, the investing community, they were certainly happy that he came in initially because anything was going to beat the second Bob, they were very happy to have the first Bob back in the seat, but they don't like this new plan. Let me see if I can share with you where shares of Disney are at this moment. They have been down considerably today. In fact, as we were looking at it earlier, what we saw was shares of Disney were down 3% in trading, again, on their big day, because people just aren't that into the plan. And I'm going to get to their plan in just one second. It may have something to do with, you know, 
people just don't like Disney as much anymore. And I think we all know why, right? I think we all know why. I think everybody's a little bit sick of their constant preaching. They are down 3.15% at $82.35 a share right now. So shares of Disney getting creamed on their investor day amid news that they're going to double their investment in parks and cruises. Because apparently their entertainment stuff isn't really working. And they're going to try and do this a lot, I guess, overseas. They're going to double the investment to roughly $60 billion over the course of the next 10 years. This is per a securities filing that came out today. As I said, shares down more than 3%. So investors are like, yeah, great. What else you got? That's not going to quite do it. You know, maybe, maybe if you told us you were canceling Snow White and the seven, six, sorry, six tall people and one dwarf. Maybe if you told us that, we'd we'd be buying it a little bit more. But that's not the case. Instead, they said they're going to focus on their streaming business, right? That's a a point or an area that they can really try and grow, which actually makes sense. Makes a lot of sense, right? They're going to get rid of the traditional television networks. I've played you the sound from Bob Iger before, so I won't bore you with it again today. But he said at Sun Valley earlier in the summer in an interview with CNBC that he was looking to explore other options. And they were going to be very expansive in terms of looking to sell things like ABC and ESPN because they're not streaming businesses. And that, frankly, you guys, that's not the future. Oh, subscribe, subscribe. Quick shout out. Please make sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And uh, it, it's important. And hit the bell as well because this is indeed the future, right? We're here in kind of a 3D sort of way, a very different environment than you know the, the traditional network news show. And the traditional network, I mean, I, I think the, the proof is in the pudding right now. Just consider... Consider the Fox News Republican debate for which Donald Trump didn't show and instead went on, I was going to say Twitter, but it's now known as X, formerly known as Twitter. He went on X and got ratings of some 260 plus million compared to a fraction of that, a teeny, teeny, tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of that there on Fox for for everyone else. I mean, what you're seeing is a total migration. And so Bob Iger recognizes that. And so smartly, he's trying to get out of the traditional content business, more into the streaming business. And he's focusing on these parks, parks and cruises. Apparently, the, the Frozen thing and the Zootopia attractions at overseas parks are just you know a big deal. I would say that parks here, not so much, in part because of those long lines, you know, very, very long lines. And, um, well, you know, Ticket prices. They've been raising ticket prices, arguing, well, there's inflation, so we get to raise ticket prices. And then the more you raise them, the less people really are willing to stand in those lines. In fact, today we learned they had to keep quite a few big, big rides closed there at Disney. And that's because there's a bear. Can you imagine that? I didn't know they had bears in Florida, but apparently bears are native, black bears are native to Florida that are not uncommon in Orlando and metropolitan areas, and they estimate there's some 1,200 of them there in central Florida. Well, one of them was there at Disney, and uh, (laughs) it wasn't one of those uh, jamboree bears, and it wasn't from Big Thunder Mountain, although it may have been hanging out around Big Thunder Mountain. The good news is they did catch the bear. They did, but, um, yeah, they had to close a lot of rides. Kind of scary walking around Disney. Lots of reasons to be scared there. 
Who knew bears were one of them? Anyway, it's good to see you all. Thank you for being here. I want to get out to some of your comments and uh, just just know how much I appreciate this sort of new medium with all of us here. And I encourage you, please make sure if you have not, do me the favor of subscribing to the show. Also go over to our Apple podcast. You can get the entire audio podcast there, the full audio there on Apple podcast where we are every single day. Again, great to see so many of you here live. I just want to pull up some of these comments because uh, Mike, good to see you here. Michael Donald, 31.7 trillion in debt demands distractions. I hear you. I hear you. Um, yes, we have a lot of debt in this country. And so they do need a lot of distractions. I will say we have a lot of distractions right now, a whole lot of them. And there's more coming, right? Do not forget everything that's happening right now and everything that they're doing to try to affect uh, your sentiment and your belief in the system. I think they've effectively just sort of destroyed our confidence in these institutions. And I didn't even tell you what happened with with, with, with the dress code. We didn't even get to that, guys. Do you see Chuck Schumer? Talking about destroying institutions. <laughs> Saying John Fetterman can go forward with his hoodies all he wants and his gym shorts. There's no more dress code on Capitol Hill. Yeah. So long, farewell. No more dress code. You want to talk about destroying the institutions, sort of one by one, bit by bit. No more jacket attire, except for, of course, the visitors. So if you come to visit Mr. Fetterman, the senator from Pennsylvania, guess what? You have to wear a jacket and tie. But he doesn't. He gets to wear his hoodie and his, his little shorts. Not really something I like to see, but anyway. That is the world in which we now live. Anyway, good to see all of you guys. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate that, Willie. Good to see you again as well. Herbie, yeah, the IRS did get them. They got Capone. They may just get Joe and Hunter Biden as well. I have a feeling, right? All right, guys, thank you so much. Make sure that you share the program. Make sure you like it. I appreciate it so much. And we'll talk again tomorrow. Lots going on. It's important to stay vigilant. Talk to you soon.